So here we're going to shift to the 32 team first round mock draft. So the way the order is going to go, um, Quell has the first pick. I have the second pick. Coach T has the third pick. And Parth has the fourth pick. And we're just going to keep repeating that order. So do it. Lock and loading. Ready to go. All right. Hello, you guys. My name is Doug Peterson. I'm the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we are now on the board. If I had to make a selection for the Jaguars with first-round pick, I would probably take Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal, who I personally think is the best tackle in the class. I mean, there are people who have their questions surrounding him. Neil made what I would like to call a seamless transaction from right tackle to left tackle this year and looked dominant while doing so, man. He's so huge. He's like a mammoth. Dominant downhill as a run blocker. Everything Jaguars and the Trevor Lawrence personally would look for in a, a blindside protector. All right. So I guess I'm on the clock. Dan Campbell. Um. He's going to look for someone. What did he say in his, his uh, press conference? He's going to look for someone who can bite the kneecaps off. Oh, yeah. Going to go mm -hmm. with uh, – and we're going to go with Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. That's perfect, too. Go Blue. We're going to get fans in the building, everything. Yep. Go Blue. Go Blue. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great fit, too, because he's a hometown kid, homebred. Went yep. to high school in Michigan. Father went to Michigan. Mom went to Michigan. He went to Michigan. That's you know, nice. he did the whole come back to school to lead and win a championship, right? A Big Ten championship, at least. He did that. <laughs> now he goes and he stays in Detroit. Like, that's just, that's a perfect fit. And he fits what Dan Campbell is. Like you said, Pierre, that's, that's a great pick, I think, for them. All right, so it's me. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, so I am the... No, no coach Houston Texans yet, which is crazy. You got a friggin' perfectly good candidate in Brian Flores that you should have hired about two weeks ago. Um, so for me, I'm taking Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Um, the reason why I would take him um, over a pass rusher that's still on the board and, and Kayvon Thibodeau, that's obviously, you know, he's elite. He's so explosive in so many different areas. Um, to me, I think the way that defenses are played right now, um, you need a guy that can make a difference at all three levels. Uh, and, and that's Kyle Hamilton, if you think about it. Uh, you can bring him up close to the box. You can blitz him. Um, he can honestly roll down uh, as that hybrid safety. Uh, that rover type player where, you know, he he can play the run physically. He can play deep in the middle of the field. He can play split safety coverage. He can play hybrid coverage, uh, combo coverage. He can man up on tight ends. He's big enough. He's long enough. Uh, he's strong enough. He's intelligent. He's got range um, to cover the field. Shoot, he could be a single high safety if you really wanted him to with the type of range that that kid plays with. Um, he's intelligent. And he just he has he checks everything off that you want um, out of an elite defender in that second, third level. Um, and I think that he's a type of guy that could make up for a lot. I think he's going to be the guy that everybody thought Isaiah Simmons was going to be coming out of Clemson, which Isaiah Simmons, great player. He, he's still young. He could still be, you know, turn into that type of player. But I think Kyle Hamilton's a kid coming out of Notre Dame. Um, he can play numerous positions. I think that he fits that mold that everybody thought Isaiah Simmons was going to be immediately coming out of Clemson. So I'll go Kyle Hamilton at another name. All right. <clears throat> well, now I'm uh, I'm Joey D up <laughs> in uh, New Jersey, uh, and uh, I think I think the pick is uh, Equano. I hope I I hope I pronounced that right. Um, Equano. I mean Equano. Yeah. I mean he's He's arguably the best tackle in the class. I know Pierre, you're you're a really big fan of him. I mean, his yep. 
his movement skills at his size are just pretty ridiculous. And I mean, to be able to have bookends of him and uh, Makai Becton does uh, does wonders for your franchise. And so and you know, to um, grab him, Elijah Vera Tucker, who they, I think yeah. they drafted last year or it, year before last. Yeah, year? it was last year, right? I think so. I think it was, uh, yeah, it was last year. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, their O line was absolutely atrocious. Zach Wilson was running for his life. Um, let's get him some help up up front with uh with a really good player and i just think he has really high upside i mean he's just massive and moves really well and uh has been a four-year starter he's been starting since his freshman year so or three year whatever it was yeah i like it poor john's fan can never have nice things <laughs> i guess the by default the giants, the giants are left with Kayvon Thibodeau. i mean Will the guy many consider the best prospect in the class? I mean, me personally, I'm a Kyle Hamilton supporter in terms of that. But Kayvon Thibodeau is the most flashy name in the class, man. Was so dominant during his time at Oregon. Kind of gives remnants, remnants of Chase Young during this time at Ohio State. Such an a, a aggressive pass rusher, really disruptive guy. Even do double teams sometimes, still not enough to disrupt them. So, just a really disruptive player. Then, do I think the Giants would be satisfied with this pick? I mean, I think they personally want an offensive lineman. Don't I think it's a bit too early to be taking cross, so they would have to be satisfied today. All right, I'm on the clock. Matt Rule. Um, Sam Donald is not the answer. Cam Newton is not the answer. The guy who's the answer? The guy who's lit up the senior bowl this week. Quarterback out of Liberty, Malik Willis. Wow. They finally get their guy. You to explain? I mean, I, I, I just explained. He's the guy <laughs> with the highest ceiling in this draft, I think. Oh, I'm just messing with you, man. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, it's me. Mm-hmm. We could talk about Willis some more if you want. I don't like his trainer, but. Is he with Quincy? Yep. Yep, 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 mm. yep, yep. All right, Listen. Giants on the club. All right. I, I hate picking for the Giants because I hate the Giants more than I hate the Cowboys, more than I hate a lot of things in life but i have to do it right like commanders <laughs> why you gotta do that to me Quo? you gotta do that to me i'm trying to be serious here and focusing <laughs> all right so they they obviously they got you know Thibodeau fell to them right at uh what five so they got him at five um if they don't trade back out of this, I think they have to reach for a tackle because it's just it's ridiculous. Their offensive line, how bad it is. Um, so at this point right now, I'm probably going to reach for cross. Um, actually, no, no, I'm going to go with Quell. My guy, Trevor Penny. So I'm going to go with Penning, and the reason why I'm going to go with Penning is because what is the strength of the Giants' offense right now? If you had to think about it, heading into next year, the strength of their offense is going to be running the football, Saquon Barkley. Let's see if Saquon is that guy that he was projected to be coming out of Penn State. Um, And what better way to do that than to get a big, nasty guy uh, in there? Uh, slide him in at your right tackle, left tackle, whatever you want to do with uh, um, Andrews, right? Or what? what is his name, the, their tackle? Andrew Thomas. Yeah, Andrew Thomas. Um, you know, he actually ended up having a pretty solid year towards the end of the year, if I, if I remember correctly, looking at, you know, PFF grades and all kinds of stuff. Um, but you can slide him at either tackle, penning. Uh, he's going to bring a little bit of an edge. Uh, he's got the size. He's got the ability. Um, he can run block and, and honestly, 
after you guys have known me, talking to me now for a little while, I'm a big believer in starting with the run game. Establish your run game. If you really want to develop a young quarterback and get an offensive system in there the proper way and running efficiently. Um, so start with that run game and you get a guy in there that's that's pretty raw, but he also has a lot of that talent, a lot of the skill that you can plug and play in that run game um, and, and create that attitude and, and create that kind of an identity up front that the Giants have been lacking for a lot of years. Uh, so I'm going to go with Trevor Penning. Offensive tackle of Northern Iowa. All right. <clears throat> so Arthur Blank, the Falcons. Um, so for the ATL, I mean, uh, there's a lot of needs, you know, um, but I think uh, I think the team really just did not have any pass rush at all. Like it was just anemic. Um, why not? Why not go for a guy who uh, who, who who actually had to, to transfer from Georgia to get a little bit more playing time uh, and, and tore it up this 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 uh, this week at the at the Senior Bowl, Jermaine Johnson. Don't mm. like the school he came from, but uh, I think he fills the need that they that they have at uh, at edge um, and and get some some pass rush and some juice because I think they were like in last place um, in terms of like uh, getting to the quarterback. He did have a All great right. senior bowl week. Minnesota kid. Yeah. Now we have the Broncos on the board. Mm-hmm. Newly, the newly hired Nathaniel Hackett. Well, if I'm the Broncos, I'm continuing to add to my strengths, honestly. You took Pat Sertan in the first round last year, arguably the first best cornerback in the class. This year, you take Derek Sting. Oh, man. Arguably. When you play in the division against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, Got to have people to stop the pass. So I think it's a pretty easy decision for them. And the word is he doesn't like to tackle coming out of LSU, which you ain't going to have to really tackle oh, a bunch he of guys. It. Oh, my. You ain't really going to have to tackle in the yeah, AFC West because everybody likes to throw the ball all over the place. So. Yeah. I was about to say, that's probably the most maddening thing watching his film, man. He really hates tackling. He's got to got to figure out how to kill him. All right. Uh, New York Jets on the clock. Earlier they took um, Akeem Aquanu at offensive tackle. Um, and with the 10th overall pick, I'm going to go Tyler Linderbaum. They got to keep fortifying. Got to keep fortifying. That offensive line. Joe Douglas came from Baltimore um, a couple years ago. I don't know how many years ago. They drafted Marshall Yonda in the third round, um, and he keeps fortifying the trenches with Tyler Linderbaum. Marshall Yonda. I mean, I must say, if I had to add in, that that offensive line is ridiculous. Of course, Makai Beckton was hurt last year, so we didn't really get to see much of Makai. People probably forgot a whole lot of Makai, but mm-hmm. – you make the decision about which one you want to play where in terms of them two tackles with Akeem and Makai. You selected Elijah Vera Tucker last year in the first round. You also just got your Tyler Lindenbaum this year. The Jets look like they're setting up for success over there. What did Coach T say earlier? You build a wall yeah, around your quarterback. Yeah, that's for sure doing it, too. Just Is it, did, didn't Joe Douglas, wasn't he the one that found uh, Mayalata? Um, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure either. I think he was the one that found Maialata and was a part of that draft for the Eagles. So, I mean, hey, it fits. It fits his background. It fits what they want to do, and it fits what they really need. Yeah. Because they, they have to figure out a way to protect Zach Wilson, man. Yeah. If they want to actually see if he can become what they think he can become. I mean, they already invested in getting him the talent. I mean, I guess we could have went wide receiver right there, but they already invested with the Corey Davis yeah. and Elijah Morris last year. Got to get him protected up front. Absolutely. All right, so the Washington, Washington Commanders. 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 Well, the Commanders are going to be looking for a new commander Wait. of their football team. So 
Wait, Go we gotta do it right, you guys. We are commanders. God, dude. Literally, we are farmers. Like, how do we think that? Like, who, who sat there was like, oh, yeah, this is fire. Yeah, this is the one. Yeah. Wow, they, they stole, like, uh, what is it? What was it? The AAF from a couple years ago? The commanders? They stole oh, their hashtag. God. Dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, Take command. Poverty franchise. <laughs> Everything dude. just stolen. <laughs> oh, my God. I got, I got nothing. I got nothing on that. What I do have, though, for you guys is they're going to take Kenny Pickett quarterback out of Pittsburgh. Um, I know we talked about this earlier on, um, and I just think he fits kind of what that offense is is going to and wants to look like. Um, their OC, you know, comes from previously he was a, an analyst on University of Michigan staff, I believe, in 2018. Or something like that, or 17, um, under Harbaugh, which is a run-heavy, old-school power, eye formation, under center, play-action-based offense. You know, he also comes from a background of, of Minnesota with Kirk Cousins. Again, back when he was with them, Kirk Cousins was running a lot of under center, play-action, run the football, you know, take your shots downfield. Um Spread offense, Kenny Pickett comes from a pro-style offense at Pitt. Um, I personally think he is the most pro-ready quarterback in this draft. Um, Not the most flashy. He is extremely efficient uh, as a quarterback. He did get better each year um, at the University of Pitt. Uh, And then this past year, he really saw a big jump. Um, This is where I kind of compare his final year in college to not what Joe Burrow was, but similar to the trajectory of what Joe Burrow had um, at LSU. He had a young stud star wide receiver in Addison um, at Pitt. Uh, coach Marion, the wide receivers coach at Pitt, who is now at the University of Texas. Um, he came in this past year, really kind of helped reinvent that pass game, allowed them to open up the pass game, a little, uh, the you know, throwing the football a little bit more, a um, little bit more creativity. Uh, and then he just has the experience. He's got a lot of games under his belt. He understands where pressure's coming from uh, up front. He understands what defenses are trying to show him, not show him. Uh, He understands where to go with the football, his timing, his footwork with his timing. um, is is polished compared to the other guys in this draft. He gets the ball out on time. The biggest knock on him is the fact that he wears gloves uh, because his hands are too small. That's disgusting. If you guys ask me, that is most overblown. Uh, evaluation of a quarterback in the history of evaluating quarterbacks is obviously the the hand size. You know, Joe Burrow came out of LSU with small hands. Well, look at him. He two years he's in the Super Bowl with a team that didn't win a playoff game before this in three decades. You know what I mean? Um, unless he's going to play for a team that out of the eight, eighteen weeks he's going to have ten games where he's in the pouring rain. And it's going to be 40 mile per hour winds like it was the other day at the senior bowl practice where it was like 30, 40 mile per hour winds and it was raining a little bit. You know, yeah, that's when you're going to see kind of, you know, some of the inaccuracy there and the the slip of of execution. But you're not going to see that in every single game. So he fits. He's efficient. Um, I think that would be a great pick for them. uh, And I think it would be a great start, you know, for them kind of rebuilding what they want to look like on the offensive side of the ball. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, uh, so now we say, gotta. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Give me one second, Parson. I bet. Yeah. I must say about this whole hand size thing. Joe Burrow came out. He had nine inch hands, which is right around the the mark where they like, okay, we'll deal with you. That settles in at the eighth percentile. Mm, could be, could be more, could be less. But there are speculation that. Pickett's hands are scheduled to be measured in at eight and one-fourth inches, which would put him in the zero percentile, basically meaning there is no starting quarterback now or no quarterback ever in the history of the league that have come in the league with hands this small. So I guess you can see why the league is so concerned. I mean, as you say, unless he's playing games every week in the rain, that might be the problem, but Still, it has to help when you got to protect the ball from guys like Aaron Donald every week, right? 
my rebuttal to that would be guys coming to pressure you and, and you're afraid of like hand strength kind of getting the ball stripped out put two hands on a football that's what you're taught as a quarterback put two hands on a football two hands is better than one hand right uh, a guy slaps the ball out of your hand and you got two hands on the ball if he knocks it out of your hand then you need to start grabbing some buckets of rice uh, and strengthen that hand grip up because there's no reason that should happen one two film doesn't lie and it didn't impact him on film in college and he did play at a power five program he did you know play against some pretty solid competition um and he did get better every year and he did end up this past season with it winning the acc which hasn't happened in how many years and being a finalist for the heisman trophy i mean it, it just doesn't lie production and film and that just didn't really impact him outside of the second half of the North Carolina football game when it was a monsoon outside. But again, Quell, like we just mentioned, how often are you going to see that? And if that's the case, look what, you know, Patriots did against the Bills this past year. They literally threw the ball, what, three times? You can win football games. If you get in a situation where it's 40 mile per hour winds, pouring rain, guess what? Run the ball. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Okay, okay Park. All right, so I'm Quasi now, fresh from the Eagles and the Vikings now, loving the Twin Cities. Um, but I guess uh, I think it's I think it's kind of an easy pick. I mean, there's just like a, a big hole, you know, in the uh, in in the middle of their D line. I mean, they have good edge rushers. I mean, it's you know things have atrophied over time, um, but I mean they still have solid edge rushers. I think they just they need somebody strong to change the game on the inside. And uh, I think Jordan Davis is that guy. Um, I mean, he's just massive. You you watch him on the field. You're like, there's no reason a human being this big should just be able to move as fast and as like as agile as he can. Um, I mean, he, he can, he can do a little bit of everything on the front. And I think that uh, he has like the upside to be a, like, to be able to pass rush from the inside as well. And I just think that really makes him, a really strong pick at, at, at this point for, uh, for the team. You know, I think he's a, a blue chip prospect and I think he can just do a lot for uh, the Vikings on the inside. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, everything else uh, works out. Was it, was it Everson Griffin who had like the, the mental health issues last year? Was it, yeah. or was it Daniil? Yeah, it was, it was, it was Everson Everson Griffin. Yeah. So, I mean, if he, if he, if he comes back healthy, hopefully everything's all right with him. And, you know, you have Daniil Hunter, um, you know, that, that that shapes up to be a pretty uh, 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 you know, scary uh, defensive line. Yeah, daunting. That's the word I was looking for. Now, the, does Jordan Davis's lack of pass rush ability kind of yeah, give you a cause for pause at all? Or do you think that's kind of just yeah. like what they asked him to do at Georgia and he was kind of surrounded by, you know, a lot of other five-star, extreme, high-talented guys yeah. that, you know, they didn't really need him to be that pass rushing, you know, mm-hmm. dude up front? I mean that w- that's kind of my thought. I mean what I mean so he he definitely doesn't have great, you know, lateral movement, but from everything I've read, he has great first step explosion and and I think that can that can that can work out into something. You don't need to necessarily be the the quickest, you know, lateral guy on the inside, but if you have that first step on guys, you know, with with some um, you know, seasoning in the NFL and some time, I think uh I think he could definitely, you know, find some upside in that. I, he definitely doesn't have that you know, in the past, but like I said, I think you, you, you bet on the upside with him. And I just, I mean, there's so much prospect, right? He's six, six, three forty. You don't, you don't how see guys that big. Huh? Did we figure out how old he is? Cause there was that like uh, situation where they couldn't figure out like his birth date and whatnot. If he was like 26 yeah. or 27 years old in college. Hmm. It says 22, January 12th, 2000. Okay. All right. I just wasn't sure. I know they mentioned that. I must say, though, a little bit ago. I must say, though, to address what you did say, Coach, um, it sounds like Parth doesn't have much concern about it. That is actually my biggest concern about Jordan. It's actually why I currently have him with tackle his teammate, Deontay Wyatt, and then, of course, DeMarvin Lill. But, I mean, I think with Davis, it is really, really concerning how he's, I mean, like you say, his first step explosion was ridiculous. Like, he wrecks havoc in the run game. But in terms of 
pass rushing, like he literally got removed from off the field each time it was a passing down and you knew it was pass coming because he was almost rendered useless. And I mean, like you said, it helps when you're playing next to guys like Wyatt or when you can move Walker inside to a place which you got. But I mean, do you really want to spend a pick that high on a two down, essentially a two down player? But I mean, the impact is there. So I guess it's. Yeah. I mean, like Park said, though, I mean, I, you got to. You got to look at a guy like that. You look at his measurables. You look at the ceiling. It's hard to pass up on a guy that when he walks into a room, he creates this like shadow because he's so big. You know what I mean? Like your jaw will drop when you see him. And and, and just just to say, I mean, uh, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Daniel Hunter when he was coming out. He wasn't the most, you know, polished pass rusher in the world. He was just kind of like a a freak athlete. He was kind of similar in the mold to, to, you know, Josh Sweat, right. And, and what we got in him, he was this freak athlete who, you know, could make plays, but you know, he just, it wasn't consistent. And so, you know, you, you bet on the high upside with those guys and you're totally right, bro. I mean, you are investing a high pick. I mean, it's, it's pick number 12 and that's no small matter, but you know, like coach said, I think, uh, I think with the, with the guy with those measurables, it's just, it's a, it's a lot. And I, I just, for me, if I see a guy that big who can move, I'm like, yeah, let me just let me see what can happen with that. Like, I mean, that's why back in uh, in 2017, I was I mean, I was all aboard the Mylotta train. I mean, when we when they talked about his size and his measurables, I was like, yeah, you take you you take a fly on that guy. And of course, that's seventh round versus first round. But, um, you know, Jordan Davis is not ne- has never not played football before, you know, <laughs> so. And, and think about the division that they're in, too. I mean, it's a run heavy division, especially yeah. if. Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, right? They're already a run-heavy offense with Aaron Rodgers. So imagine if he does leave um, Detroit, they're run-heavy. You know, Dan Campbell wants to bite your kneecap off, so he's obviously going to run the football. Um, you know, they, they just – that's what they do in, in the NFC North is they run mm-hmm. the football. And I'm sure they're going to be running the football in Chicago too with a defensive-minded head coach um, and, and a young quarterback. I just – I can't see – the any of those three teams <laughs> dropping back 40 times in a game like it's the AFC West. I just don't I just don't yeah. see it. Yeah. All right. Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. See, I already know what position we're going. It's just about their flavor at this point. We're clearly going wide receiver. That's a position need clearly in Cleveland. They traded away Odell Beckham. I, rumors are they're trying to trade away Jarvis Landry. Um, they they do have Donovan Peoples Jones, who is an interesting prospect to say the least. Uh huh. <laughs> if if he wore the scarlet and gray, he'd be a phenomenal prospect, right? <laughs> Maybe, but I guess that's what makes them. the guy who could probably be the uh, selection right here such a phenomenal choice. Garrett Wilson. Now, I personally think Chris Olave is the best receiver in this class. But how what could you not love about Garrett Wilson, man? First of all, being the Ohio kid, going to school at Ohio State, feels a mm-hmm. position of need. He's literally probably the most all-around receiver in this class. He has the speed, the long, the long speed. He runs a beautiful, beautiful route. He's the best hands catcher in the draft. And he's phenomenal, man. Just him as a prospect in general. is not much. Now, again, the wide receiver class this year is so deep that at this Mm -hmm. point it all comes down to preference. But we've got to address the wide receiver. All right. Baltimore Ravens on the clock. Oh, um, <laughs> um, so for me, I think with Baltimore with Calais Campbell, um, I think he's a free agent, and then I think there are other defensive end. I can't think of his name right now. Um, I think he's also a free agent. So I'm gonna go uh, Trayvon Walker, edge rusher out of Georgia. All right. So That's the. A good pick. I just have a question. For for the Trayvon Walker, can you just kind of give a quick 
reason why you chose him for Baltimore specifically over a David Ojabo or a George Karloftis? Um, so Ojabo, my thing on him is his rawness as a pass, as a pass rusher or just his game in general. Um, Karloftis, I actually didn't think about it until you just brought it up. But um, I don't know. I think Trayvon Walker with the versatility, and you guys know I love versatility in my defense, uh, defensive players. So I think that gives him the edge over Karlaftis for me. So, yeah. I, I also think, too, the Ravens have a history of drafting guys with pedigree that come from program programs with pedigree in college. And, you know, you, you get a guy that's a elite talent on the edge coming from the national championship team of Georgia, right? Like, I think that I, I agree with your pick. I think that kind of fits a little bit more the direction that Baltimore likes to go, guys. They like to fill into their program. And on top of that, Jim Harbaugh could just call John and be like, yo, dude, this guy completely destroyed us in the semifinals. He's a great player. Makes sense. Yep. All so, all right. Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. You already, you guys should already know where I'm going with this. And before, wait, before you announce your pick, um, we could go around the uh, the group and say, with the board like this, who would we pick right now? Yeah. Um, I'll go first. As I outlined earlier, it's Demarvin Leal. Yes, my guy. And it makes sense too. I yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. everything that you could possibly look at and think of, I think he totally makes a hundred percent sense for for yep. the Eagles right here as well. Yeah. What about you, Quo? Probably either going to be George Karloftis or Sauce Gardner. Hmm. Okay. Might be Sauce Gardner. I do think the team would want to get themselves that cornerback two field early. I do think that they don't want to, wow, it's going to be a position somewhere. My my quick thinking process is is that it's going to be wide receiver where they put the quote-unquote band-aid type moves like a a Steven Nelson versus I I do think they're going to try to give cornerback a long-term fix early in the class. You know, I I will say, I don't know for sure if – if it if it if it you know is only going to be a quick fix type thing because you know from some of the stuff that I've read it seems like you know how he wants to be pretty active and you know with uh, with guys like Calvin Ridley out there I mean that's that's my ideal situation personally if we if we can package like a second and Jalen or something you know and uh, and, and get Calvin Ridley on the team I think that totally changes you know what our wide receiver room looks like and I think it uh, it could boost us into like one of the top rooms like in in the NFL if we can if we can get him. Uh, on the team, I think uh, I think free agency or, or or trading is is the best way to, to handle that as well. So, Parth, who do you think would be the selection here if you were picking for the yeah. Eagles? Board is I like I like Sauce. Um, I like him a lot, but I think I uh, I think I I think I agree with uh, with Pierre on this one. I think uh, I think I like the Marvin here. Um, you know, it might not be the uh, the flashiest pick might not be the one that's that's super exciting, but I mean we have two back-to-back picks, so I mean it's 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 pretty ridiculous. Like the opportunity that we have here, you don't have to worry about you know taking one guy in the wrong order. Um, but I think I'd be between those two guys, Sauce or uh, or Demarvin. Which quick question: Do you guys think that they're gonna stand pat and pick back-to-back, or do you think they're gonna try to move fifteen nah, or sixteen? I don't. I think I think one they're gonna try to move. Them gets moved. Yeah, I think they're gonna try to move fifteen. I, th- I think I think someone's gonna get the itch for one of the quarterbacks, especially if if Corral is still there like he is right now. Cough, cough, you, New Orleans. Yeah, the New Orleans is definitely calling, man. And then you're back into that same situation Ooh. where somebody might be scratching and saying, "Hey, you know, let me try to trade to get Carson Strong or something." You know what I mean? Like they're just looking at what the board look. New Orleans. Tampa Bay on a little on the back end. Like Pittsburgh, New Orleans. Tampa's fine. (laughs) Kyle Trask, baby. Kyle Trask. I mean, even Tennessee is a sneaky one. Rodgers there would be would be crazy. Um Miami. 
Yeah, I yeah, I know. I know. But so standing pat, what I would do at fifteen, if if the board fell like this, I would obviously draft a guy right now, the my top player on my board, and then I'd try to trade sixteen immediately. Mm-hmm. I'd be doing I'd have seven hundred phones at, going at the same time, talking to teams and everything. Um but right now mm-hmm. At pick 15, you guys probably already know where I'm going to go with this. Um, he's my top guy on the board right now, and I think it is the biggest you know, area that they should focus on and fill, and that's Kenyon Green, the interior offensive lineman um, out of Texas a and uh, I, I think that that is a perfect fit. Um, I think you just add to arguably one of the best offensive lines in football. Uh, you, you also add depth. Um, because he can swing to the opposite guard. He can swing to tackles um, if, if it's necessary. Um, I mean, shoot, you could probably even teach the guy how to snap a football if you really needed to. Um, he's a phenomenal football player, great size, uh, great ability, great production. Um, he was pretty crucial in them handling and beating Alabama this past year, um, which tells me a lot about a guy because we all know Alabama's fronts are, are loaded with talent, size, strength, um, speed. Uh, and, and they did a great job that front for Texas A&M in that game. Um, I just think you can't overthink it. You can't overthink this. Everybody knows um, what you got to do when you have a young quarterback. I mean, the Bengals are going to end up doing it probably this off season. You know, we talked about the Jaguars. Quell, you talked about the Jaguars with that first pick. Like, you've got to protect your quarterback. Whether you believe he's going to be the dude in the future or not, the only way to truly find out is if you protect him. Um, And that's in the run game and the pass game, especially with how the Eagles run their offense, running Jalen Hurts. You want to have a guy that can open up lanes for him, open up space, give him that freedom um, so he's not getting touched at two yards, three yards. You know what I mean? Like, allow him to move around and and stay healthy and, and feel protected and confident. Um, so I think Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M is, is the perfect pick right here for the Eagles. I like that. Um, and if we were uh, if we were staying pat here, um, you know, just kind of chilling where you are. Uh, I think uh, we have uh, Demarvin here, so I think uh, I think I would pull the trigger on him. Thinking like Howie, if it was really up to me, I would take David Lloyd. I think he's going to be an animal. Yeah, we all know that's not happening. Ain't no linebacker <laughs> going in the first five rounds. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's a project, then we'll take him in the third. Yeah, right. right. Anybody with experience, no way. So you're going to Marvin Leal over... Carloftis. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I don't hate it. I like it, but I, yeah. I, I have a little bit of SEC supremacy to me as well. So oh, I never would have guessed. Who would have thought? Chomp. Chomp. Yes, sir. Chomp, chomp. <laughs> Dang. If only if there was a guy who could run 85 yards through the heart of the SEC. Oh, wait. He wears 15 and scarlet and gray. He's talking about Zeke, by the way. No, we're not talking he about knows. it. He I'm knows. just, I'm pretending to ignore him. <laughs> I'm Zeke. I'm hungry. Feed me. Everybody's been feeding him too much. Now he sucks. Tony Pollard's better. <laughs> All right, so moving along. <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers are on the clock. Los Angeles Chargers. This will probably be the time where finally we get to see Charles Cross go off the board. Chargers need to figure out one thing or another how they're going to protect their franchise quarterback. That's mm-hmm. always going to They've learned over the course of this season that Unless they keep their franchise quarterback protected, no matter how talented he is, the playoffs may not be in reach. And I think that's a great fit, too, because 
the Chargers love to throw the football, and he's coming from Mississippi State, where they threw the football a lot in his time there, and that's what he's most efficient at is pass protection. So I think it's a perfect fit. Isn't that Mike Leach, right? Yeah. Go figure. All right. Toss the ball across the field, baby. New Orleans Saints are on the clock. Um, and for me, I think it's pretty uh, reasonable to expect them to go a quarterback here. Um, mm-hmm. And I forget who took Kenny Pickett earlier, but that was going to be the pick here if he was still on the board. So um, the football team, Commanders. Commanders, dude. Come on. Instead, <laughs> we're going to go Carson Strong out of Nevada. Oh. 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 Yeah. You're doing this just to get on the ice. I know it. I know you're doing this. I know what you're doing. <laughs> Jameis Winston is about to be a free agent. Um, the only other guy they have or guys they have on their roster are um, Taysom Hill, who is not a quarterback. <laughs> Dude, he and, is. Sean Payton um, said he's a quarterback. And uh, Ian Brooke, who they drafted last year. So they get a guy who can make all the throws. The only question with them is his durability. Um. Hopefully he'll be able mobility. to uh, uh, mobility. We had that conversation before. I, I don't. When you can throw the ball like he can, I don't think mobility is that much of a a uh, element or trait that you need, yeah, or issue or whatever. So we're back to pick nineteen. Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock once again. Um. So. You guys board, want to real quick and say what your your picks are? Yeah. Um, me personally, I think I'd go um I think I'd go Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm taking here. I've been I've been on record saying for like the last two months now, if I'm the Eagles and I'm taking a wide receiver in this class, it's Chris Olave. I'm pairing Devonta Smith with Alave and having Steve, arguably best two route runners in the league for the next decade. All right. And you said uh, <clears throat> Sauce Gardner Park? I said Sauce, bro, yeah. I think okay. uh, I'd rather, like I said, I'd rather do wide receiver, free agency, uh, you know, trade market, and, uh, and draft a corner here. All right. So if I were the Eagles – and let's say free agency already happened and they did address the receiver position like we're all hoping they do, um, I would obviously go Sauce Garner. Like that, that'd be my number one. I think he's the best corner in the class. Um, I love Derek Stingley, but I think Garner is the best corner in the class and production doesn't lie. Uh, and that guy's got production. But uh, I spoke to Pierre last night and I told him, hey, listen. When I do these mock drafts before free agency, I got to do them based off of not knowing what you're going to do in free agency because I can't predict what a team's going to do. So I am going Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Um, I was actually pretty torn, and this is going to probably, you know, perk some eyebrows up a little bit. I was torn Sorry, between. Coach, I didn't hear you. Say that again. Don't worry, I'm going with your boy out of Ohio State. Don't worry, I watched him burn my guys, you know, too many times on, you know, Thanksgiving weekend. But I was actually pretty torn between Olave and Jahan Dotson. I know that's going to perk up some eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Yes. um, But there's multiple reasons why. The fit um, itself, uh, Jahan Dotson made a lot of his money on the boundary. Um, being a a single receiver to the short side of the field, letting him do work on a corner. Um, He could be that move Z, you know, where he moves in the slot, he motions. um, You know, he he can pretty much do whatever you want. And he ran a very complex route tree throughout his years at Penn State. Uh, He had multiple different offenses that he had to learn. Um, You know, he's a savvy route runner. He doesn't, you know, blaze you with his speed or anything. He's very uh, uh, reliable catching the football. He runs great routes. He understands space. He understands how to get open in space. Um, And I just think that the needs for the Eagles, he would have fit really well. But to the pick, you can't pass up on production, uh, elite talent, speed. 
Uh, and the Eagles are an offense. Clearly, we've seen they like to run the football and they like to push the football down the field. And there is nobody better, maybe other than Jamison Williams this past year. But through a three year starting career in college football, there was nobody better in college football than Chris Olave, in my opinion, pushing the football down the field, getting open, running by guys, catching the ball, scoring touchdowns, being productive. So I got to go Chris Olave. And like, you know, you guys touched on. That gives the Eagles arguably the most talented and definitely the fastest um, young receiving group in the entire NFL. All right. So, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are on All the right. clock. So, obviously, um, Big Ben's gone. So, uh, I think uh, I think I think they just have to go quarterback. You know, um, maybe you you bet on uh, on uh, Dwayne Haskins upside. I definitely do not think Mason Rudolph is it. And they're talking about him, you know, being their starter going into the season. I mean, like Duck Hodges looked better than him and his name is Duck. So uh, <laughs> let's just, let's leave that there. Um, but I think they, uh, I think they go with Matt Corral. Um, he, he's got, he's got a, a really live big arm. Um, you can get it out to their playmakers that they have. We'll see if Juju's there, obviously. Um, obviously you could, you know, maybe you could maybe go offensive line. Cause I mean, it was shambles, but I don't think that there is a you know good enough player, especially at a tackle, which is what I think they need uh, mostly um, right now. So I think uh, they take uh, they take Corral. I mean, you know, Big Ben obviously as he got older he got bigger, um, but you know when he was coming to the league he was you know he was he was pretty athletic and he could move around in the pocket a good amount and uh, and Corral kind of reminds me of some of that a little bit. Um, so I think that's uh, that's who they take to move into the future. All right, so New England Patriots, while you're on the clock. Do your own job. Bill Belichick. New England Patriots are on the clock. A will probably take. Still there. Sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. They've moved on from. Gilly? Stephon Gilmore? Yeah. Uh-huh. Gilmore. They moved on from Stephon Gilmore. There's questions about J.C. Jackson, who is scheduled to be a free agent this year. That's crazy. You know how Bill Belichick feels about having a dominant cornerback on the perimeter, and I think that is exactly what Sauce Gardner is. Hasn't allowed a touchdown in four years. He's everything you want on an outside cornerback, legit lockdown corner cover guy. And I think he'd fall in and be the next in line of a dominant cornerbacks in New England history. All right. Las Vegas Raiders on the clock. Going Jamison Williams out of Alabama. They need a guy to replace uh, Henry Ruggs. And mm-hmm. pairing him um, with a – what's the tight end's name? Darren Waller. Waller. Darren Waller. Yeah. Waller. Can't, yeah. can't forget Renfro. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little receiving core for Josh McDaniels to work with. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of diverse receivers. That's good. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals. All right. So I think they're going to go at secondary. Um, and I think the talent of uh, Andrew Booth Jr. still on the board is just too much to pass. And I think they are, they're going to go after him. Um, I think he's a guy that changes uh, – the dynamic of their secondary. Um, I think they have a lot of playmakers there, but I think they were missing that dynamic ability since Pat P kind of um, tailed off and then left. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think he adds that back there, um, kind of frees up some more room for uh, Byron Murphy to work in the slot more and, um, you know, allows Buda Baker to kind of roam a little bit more freely uh, in that mid-level of the defense and even up high in the defense. I just think he's a great player, and I think that would be the the pick there for Arizona. All right. Number 24, the most hated <laughs> Dallas Cowboys are, are on the clock. Jerry Jones is on the I'm clock. I'm Jerry Jones. Everything is about <laughs> me. It's not about the football team. It's about me. I'm Jerry. Uh, why don't they just go with the 408th overall prospect because the Cowboys – no, <laughs> um, in all seriousness, uh, you know, I think uh, with 
with uh, with their you know need on the uh, on the edge and and needing somebody uh, to get consistent pass rush. There's two legitimate you know good pass rushers on the board here, um, but I think here I'm gonna go with Quell's boy Carlaftis, uh, right? Did I say it right? Yeah, Carlaftis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a, a good plug and play kind of player. You know, you could take David Ojabo, but uh, you know, you're, you're, you're betting on upside there as well. And uh, I think they want a player who's going to be a little bit more ready to just, you know, step in and, and produce. All right. Buffalo bills are on the clock. Well, one man's trash is another man's treasure. You didn't take a Jobo, but the bills definitely will. Mm-hmm. And the bills, who defensive line is really good already. Don't mind, just like they showed last year with Gregory Russo, that they will take a prospect, don't really need significant production from you in year one, just need you to continue to develop so they can keep the trend going and good defensive linemen down the years. I think Ajobo is a, will be a selection that Probably wouldn't necessarily pay all the way off this year for Buffalo, but two, three years down the line, we'll be talking about what could be possibly be a perennial all-pro player. If Because he has all of the traits, man. All of the traits are there. Between him and my guy from um, – yes. That's, that's, that is actually a great example. But between him and – the guy from Penn State, I don't remember exactly how to pronounce his name, but Arnold, I can't get his last name out. Sorry, guys. Between them two, those are two guys. How do you say it? Ebiketti or something like that? Ebiketti. Ebiketti. Yeah. Yeah. Between them two, I think those are two guys that have all of the traits that you were looking for in terms of edge rushers. It's just all about getting them some reps and helping them figure it all out in the long run. But those two prospects could easily be round one seals for someone. All right. So the Tennessee Titans are on the clock. Um, and with this pick, I'm going to go Devin Lloyd. Um, I think Harold Landry was kind of their, like, do-it-all piece at linebacker edge. Um, and Devin Lloyd, he can help take some of that, uh, I guess, stress or alleviate some of the pressure that was on him. Um, so, yeah, Devin Lloyd to the Titans. That's a good pick. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So Tampa Bay is on the clock. So I think they are actually going to stick with Trask. I think that they believe in him. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be, you know, I think he's going to develop. I think Honestly, I think the most underrated thing is being able to sit behind Brady for a year um, mm-hmm. is beneficial. Uh, two years beneficial, right? Ask Jimmy G, even though he's not the most flashy, he is efficient. He does win football games. Um, and that's what Kyle Trask did when he got the starting job at Florida. He won football games. Um, so I think they're going to stick with him. Um, I know that they have guys coming up on the offensive line um, contract-wise. Um, I don't really like to predict them keeping them, not keeping them. Um, Defensive line, similar situation. What I do think that they're going to do, though, is I think that they are going to draft somebody young, wide receiver, um, to go out and make plays. Uh, I think Mike Evans, he does a lot for you, but he's getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, I think they're going to start transitioning to that young um, kind of vibe in that locker room and in those positions, and they want to get a little bit more skill and and uh, bigger body guys and. And I think Traylon Burks uh, out of Arkansas kind of gives them that in-between of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. He kind of he gives them that possession receiver. Um, he also gives them that little bit of, hey, let's throw bubble screens to him, tunnel screens, get the ball in his hands real quick, let him use that big frame to, you know, to, to get yards after the catch. Um, and I think that's something that you want to do with a really young quarterback is get the ball out of his hand quick, easy, simple reads and allow his playmakers to kind of help him out, get those first downs, move the football, then rely on the run game. Um, And I think that's what he did at Arkansas. That's what he's good at. And I think that's what he could bring to the box. Makes sense. I mean, that's a 
embarrassment of riches in terms of receivers over the past couple of years. I mean, that's that's pretty nuts. And they still got Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller. I mean, those are all, you know, good receivers. So, I mean, good for the Bucks And appreciate what you said, Coach. Trask is about to light the league up. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on one other note, you never know what Brady has been learning from Trask for the past couple of years. That's yeah. where I, I look at it. <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, so – where uh Green Bay Packers. Uh, yes, sir. Green so Packers. with the Packers, um, you know, a lot of it's gonna, you know, come down to the decision Aaron Aaron Rodgers makes, you know. Um obviously they're not gonna have to take a quarterback because they took one two years ago. Um, or was it last year? <coughs> Either one. It was two, years, two ago. years ago. Yeah, it was two years ago. Yeah, it was the same as, as Jalen. But um, you know, a lot of that depend uh, depends on them, but you know, they they have you know, uh, some, some holes on their offensive line as well as on the edge. Um, I think, uh, if, if Zion Johnson is there, I think, uh, I I think you can, you can take him. I think he's a, he's, he's a, he's a legit, um, offensive lineman. He's played guard, but he also played some center, um, this week at the senior bowl. So he has some versatility. Um, you know, maybe some, some people might say it's a little bit early, but, you know, I think they just need to to shore up the the offensive line, and uh, I think he's a good pick for there. Right. So the Miami Dolphins are on the clock, who still have not hired a coach yet. Should not have fired a coach, but nope, whatever. Mm-hmm. The Miami Dolphins are on the clock. Mm. One of the more if I was a Dolphins, though, I would probably select. They need a quarterback. <laughs> Leave two alone. For real, bro. Leave two alone. Two could be productive. Man, leave the man alone. All T.O. man. <laughs> Listen, Mike McDaniel's going to go there, and the, and the game's going to change. Just wait. Just Mike wait McDaniel, on I will say this, though. Mike McDaniel, he's going to be a hell of a head coach. Hell of a head coach. He's man. he's fun to watch interview, man. Like he's gonna be he's he's gonna have a way with his with his players. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a real good guy. He's he's leading right now for the for the position. So yep. You know, I yeah. hope they do hire him. Second team. <laughs> well, it certainly wasn't too early for Zion Johnson because if you hadn't selected him, he would probably be a Miami Dolphin right now. Now, because he's gone. I would probably go with probably Desmond Ritter, right? No. <laughs> you need to snow. So the linebackers. <laughs> I mean, interior offensive line. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm. Probably Darian Kennard. Wow. Kennard is very interesting. Very interesting. One of my favorite players from this class, actually. In Kentucky, they played him as a tackle. I think he projects to be more so a guard in the league. But (laughs) if you want to talk about dominant in terms of run blocking, dominant, man, dominant. He... A, a, a mauler, brother. He's a mauler. And like you said, he can move like definitely some of the most pleasant tapes I had the chance to come across. That would probably be one of the few surprises you see in the first round, but it really wouldn't shock me to see him sneak his way into day one, if not early day two. But he's going to go higher than a lot of people think. That kind of quickly, I know I don't want to talk too much, but quickly mentioning. Um, the potential head coach, Mike McDaniel, right? Mm-hmm. His offense coming in, it's very versatile with their run game, and their pass game is based off of a lot of play action. And from his time in Kentucky, that is a lot of what fits Kennard's ability, right? Versatile in the run game, can run a lot of gap scheme, run a lot of man scheme, run a lot of zone scheme, um, and then allowing him to use that and then get body position on play action pass sets. Um, yeah, I think that would fit really, really well um, 
with the type of scheme if that would be the hire. I'm not saying that's a hire. I'm just saying like that would be a, right. a marriage made in heaven there with a first round pick and a brand new head coach um, to kind of protect a quarterback. That would be phenomenal. All right. So moving on to pick number 30, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and so for me, um, when I was doing my little research into the Chiefs situation, um, I saw that Tyron Matthew was supposed to be a free agent, but I honestly, I can't see him leaving. Um, but if he were to leave, the pick would likely be Jaquan Brisker right here. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to go with Drake London. They need another receiver opposite Tyreek Hill. Um, mm-hmm. Drake London gives them a big body who can uh, win in the intermediate intermediate level of levels of the field. So, um, yeah. Pick number I've been 31. looking for that guy forever. Yep, they tried to find it in uh, Sammy Watkins, but he was mm-hmm. pretty inconsistent and, yeah. Oh, man, I thought Sammy Watkins was going to be a number one receiver in this league. <laughs> he was one of the, like, best receivers I had the chance to watch growing up. I'm like, yo. Sammy was this cold kid in college. Is mm-hmm. That tape was cold, crazy. bro. What do you wear? What do you wear, two? Like Steve is, Slate. Is, is that number? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little crazy, dude. Cincinnati Bengals. Right, Super very, Bowl AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Very simple and sweet. Protect your prize jewel. Protect that man. He's a national treasure in Joe mm-hmm. Burrow. Uh, love him, right? Everything about him, everything about what he does, protect him. And what better way to protect him than a guy that's like six foot eight, 370 pounds? Give me Daniel, what is it, Falele? Falele. Falele mm-hmm. out of Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. He had a great week at the Senior Bowl. Mammoth. He's a massive individual, massive human being. Um, and he's just a really good prospect. He's got good feet for his size. He's got good hands. Um, the flexibility in his hips is, is going to be a big question because of his size. Uh, can he anchor down? But I haven't really seen any issues with that uh, through his college tape. And, and during the Senior Bowl week here, I think he did really well. Uh, I think that'd be a great pick for them. I mean, you can't go wrong. There's two offensive tackles on the board right now that you could pick. One is a very high potential out of Ohio State. And then you have a guy that's just a a mountain of a human being that is also, you know, very high potential. Um, Different guys. Who's that? There's a third guy you're actually forgetting about. Go over to offensive tackle. Uh, his name is I, I always have trouble with his first name, but see that oh, guy right there, Bernard. Bernard Rahman. That's oh, yeah. my guy. He's had really, a bad week at the Senior really. Bowl. Yeah, he had a bad Senior Bowl week, but as we keep saying today, tape does not lie. His lateral mobility is a thing of beauty. I think I honestly some similar to Falele, he's actually more lateral than Falele. But I seen a a, a a rep from the, this week at the Senior Bowl with Falele, and they was using him basically him getting out in space as the lead blocker. And I'm sitting here listening to you explain why this he would be a good pick for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I mean, of course, the first thing I think about when I think that is Zach Taylor, former offensive coordinator, Sean McVay, wide zone, getting your linemen out laterally moving, just beautiful fit right there. But between them two guys. And of course, Nicholas, but still. <laughs> All right. So we're at the final pick of the first round. Detroit Lions on the clock. All right. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways it could go um, yep. with this pick. Uh, you know, one of the one of the big needs is 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 wide receiver as well. Um, but. I think you know. I think they have, you know, they they have a, a a young budding star in in Amon Ra. I think he's going to be really good. I don't know why he fell so much in the draft. Um, they have T.J. Hawkinson, and now that's not an embarrassment of riches by any means. You know, it's it's really nothing. Um, but I think there are solid wide receivers um, that they'll be able to get in later rounds. But I think with this pick. You know, you get your your five year, you get that extra year on the contract. I think they have to go quarterback here, um, it, unless wow. unless yeah, you know, unless unless you know they're sold on golf. I just don't know. He wasn't. He's not winning you any games. And I think you know they're looking to the future. It's a second year with 
with Dan Campbell. Maybe he wants, maybe want, maybe he wants like you know, quote unquote, his guy. And I think, uh, I think that guy could be Desmond Ritter. I think it's, uh, you know, he's he's dropped this far. I don't know if he would drop in real life. I think somebody would probably go and grab him. But tons of upside. I mean, he was he had a phenomenal season with uh, with Cincinnati. Uh, he has, you know, some things to learn for sure. But uh, <clears throat> I definitely think uh, he could help uh, usher in a new era for uh, for Detroit. He brings the maturity, brings experience. You know, he needs mm-hmm. time to develop uh, specific areas of his game. And He'll get that you have Goff, right? So yep. allow him to just sit and kind of learn the, the NFL game a little bit more. And when he's ready, he's ready. If, if that's the direction to go, I wouldn't hate it. Honestly, I wouldn't hate it at all. Yeah. I, I, I uh, earlier when I was doing some mock drafts by myself, uh, Willis didn't go early. So I grabbed, I grabbed Willis there. I just think you take a guy with high upside there that can, you know, simmer a year behind golf. It's like Mahomes and Alex Smith, right? You know, you get the guy, let him sit there in the room, pick up everything, you know, and, uh, and you know, golf might not look like the best quarterback on the field all the time, but he's been in a, in a film room with Sean McVay for years. He's definitely picked up a lot of things and, you know, Young quarterbacks got to be sponges, so uh, hopefully he's a sponge. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But um, so if you're still listening, uh, we definitely appreciate you. Uh, this was a very fun experience. Um, but uh, that's gonna do it for the first episode of the Draft Blitz. Um, we got a ton more content coming throughout the off season. We're gonna try to get some guests, some more guests on. Um, and as always, you can catch my written work as well as the entire Philly Blitz team written work over at thephillyblitz.com. Um, and I want to say thank you to Coach Taggart for uh, joining us once again. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Listen, review, subscribe, rate it, comment, share it with your mom, your grandma, your auntie, your uncle, everyone. Thanks for listening, everyone. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go birds.